But coming to intelligence itself, because we speak, uh, generally speaking, evolution, whether intelligence in the brain or in the body, or maybe something beyond both of them. When we see that already in the movie, and also what we know that, they also exhibit intelligence depending only on their body. If you can correct more about that, how they balance or dance the intelligence in their brain, because they have clearly, I think, three brain, and, and this has this kind of muscle they can sense surrounding. So how they balance this kind of the intelligence in the brain and their body on the armors he had? Well, Benny Hochner talked about embodied cognition, and I think in some sense it helps to think about our cognition as embodied in our ecology, in our body structure, and in our brain. So one way to put it would be to say that octopuses have these wonderfully flexible arms, and they can kind of take an arm and throw a loop around something they want to catch. I'm very jealous. I can't do that. The limitations mm -hmm. of my body mean that I can't do that. But they have these eight arms. And one of the things that we are very interested, two things about the arms. One is that because they're a muscular hydrostat, they have a huge load of neural coordination, which is necessary because I have to explain about this. We have a skeleton, right? the muscles articulate against the fixed bones. If you don't have fixed bones, you have to have some way to have stiffening or you'd fall in a little heap on the floor. So what they do is they allocate different muscles to be stiffeners and different muscles to be activators at the same time, but it's, but it's different from time to time. So to do that, you have to have a huge neural load. And not only have they got this in terms of fine motor coordination, they also have chemical and tactile sensing in the arms. So they've downloaded a lot of this task that we think of when we're doing it, that we're conscious of doing when we explore something with our hand. Probably the octopus is not conscious of the details of what the arms are doing the brain would send out a general command and say, oh, go find out what's going on over there. And the arm would take over the details. But that's not the same thing as saying that the, arm, that the arms are conscious or that the arms have brains, which some people are suggesting, because it's really lower level subroutines, sometimes quite complicated. Because for instance, many octopus species autonomize or cast off an arm. Well, think of it this way. If the predator is trying to catch you, and you saw this in the film, actually, that a predator got a whole arm of the octopus. Well, the predator is going to be content with a nice juicy arm and you get away with your life. So that's a fair trade-off. Um, and octopuses do this quite a bit. And they have the ability to regenerate the arms after they have lost them. So what that means is they have a more distributed control of behavior, way more than we do. We're very highly centralized and we take it for granted. So for instance, the insects have a chain of ganglia down the body. And so their control of behavior is somewhat distributed. Think about a centipede walking, okay? But we kind of take it for granted that if you're bright, you have very, very centralized control of behavior. 
And that's our model, but it's not the octopus's model. Okay. Mm. That's very fascinating. But in it comes to the damage, for, for example, the scene, they losing their arm. I don't know how they can have the capabilities to regrow in a short amount of time and it still can restore the functionality. In the amount of this, when damage happening to them, how they adapt this kind of control to, to sensor environment. It's kind of redundancy they have, or I don't know how they manage if they use all these armors to maybe to sense the surrounding of their predators. So when they lose the arm, what actually happened to, to the control? Is this like distributed again to the arm? How they adapt again to this kind of losing one of the arms? Okay. Well, we don't know enough about how they control the arms. So in many cases, we will only get fragmentary pieces of information. But some of the fragmentary pieces are very interesting. For instance, the arms are equipotential, which means that each arm, except for the male's third right, I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Each arm can do the same kind of thing that every other arm does. Okay. But even though they're equipotential, they tend, they don't tend to be equi-actual. So if you've got four arms, the front four will be used for exploring and the back floor will be used for walking. On the other hand, if this is an octopus, if you feel like going in that direction, which the octopuses are perfectly capable of doing, then these arms would be used for walking and these arms would be used for exploring. But mostly they go forward. So mostly, they allocate the back four arms for walking. And it's a simple grasp and push movement. Mostly they allocate the front four arms for exploring and figuring out what's going on. Mm. And Chrissy Hufford has some beautiful pictures of an octopus that's going across an open space has to go across the open space and doesn't want to look like octopus. So they walk on the back two legs and then they kind of bring all the other arms together and look like a ball of algae. So they use all the others for disguise and they use the back two for actually sort of tiptoeing across where they're in trouble. The other thing that's interesting from an engineering standpoint is there's one paper that looked at, is there what I would call gait analysis? Now this is which arms do you use to walk when you use them? Okay. So for instance, for us, it's just left, right, left, right. But for, for a horse, it gets more interesting because you've got the walk and the trot and the gallop and they are different coordinations of walk, of the arm, of feet in walking, okay. And they did a lot of sophisticated analysis and they can't find any specific gate rules. They can't find any rules that say just exactly which arm you should do when and which arm comes after which other arm. And it's hard to imagine we're so used to walking as an organized behavior. And especially when you get to many legs like the horse or many, many legs like the centipede. So it's hard to imagine that somehow or other they don't have any organized way of deciding 
which one which one comes first and which one comes second and which one comes next. But the, but they spent a lot of time doing the analysis, so I'm sure it's true. But then how do they organize to walk that we do not know. Now, another thing that's just been looked at very, very simply is whether there is some kind of chemical cue that the animal gives off that tells the animal that this is me. Because there isn't any visual cue. And furthermore, their appearance is very variable. So you know what you look like in the mirror, and I know what I look like in the mirror. But when an octopus looks in a mirror, it doesn't really think that's me. Okay. I strongly suspect they've got chemical cues that do. And we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs>